You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am Jim, your dramatically overworked but still somehow entertaining host, and with me as always is my partner. It's Rocco, the tall, dark, and handsome one. Wow, you were none of those things. You are not even one of those things. <laughs> I am so, and we've uh, got a guest to prove it. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you know what? When you lie like that, even Tim is not going to be able to help you out here today because it's not going to get you past having to suffer through the engineering joke of the week because you're not tall, dark, or handsome. All right, so here you go, Rocket. Before we get in, engineering joke of the week. Ready? What's the difference between a doctor and an engineer? What's the difference? Doctors only kill people one at a time. Huh? <laughs> All right, come on. That was a funny joke. That's just a sick joke. (laughs) But it's true. It's funny because it's true. All right. All right, folks. So we have an old friend of the show uh, here today as our guest, Tim Yaris, uh, the Civil 3D product manager for Autodesk, has uh, come back yet again. Uh, Tim just doesn't seem to get tired of our ramblings here on the Cattle Call. Uh, So we keep turning to him to talk to us about all the important goings on over at Autodesk. So Tim, thank you so much for being on the show again today, sir. No, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm glutton for punishment. What can I say? <laughs> and and he even suffers through those terrible engineering jokes. So <laughs> you got to you got to love a guy with that kind of patience. All right. So all right. Thick skin. <laughs> there you go. Um I you know so so the big thing that we kind of asked him to be here to tell us about today uh, is the all important drop of the Autodesk 2024 product line that just hit. Um, And of course, it being Tim, we're gonna talk about the civil products in particular, since that's the world that both he and I live in. Um, And it's really important to both of us. Um, And and it's also important to a good chunk of of our listeners here on the cattle call. Um, But before, as always, before we get into that though, let's give uh, poor Tim here a chance to kind of reintroduce himself to our listeners. Um, So how about it, sir? You wanna give folks your curriculum vitae here? Poor Tim, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so th- again, thanks for having me, guys. I, I always like being on here. Um, so, again, I am the Civil 3D product manager here at Autodesk. I've been on the Civil 3D product team since 2006. So, I've, I've been around for a bit and um, a bunch of different roles and everything. But um, seeing Civil 3D go through a lot of different stuff over the years, which is, it's been an exciting ride for sure. But um, for, so right now what I'm doing with Civil 3D as the product manager is I spend a lot of time basically with like one-on-one with our customers, groups, sessions with our customers and stuff like that, working with them to kind of sort out like what are the real problems that they're trying to solve with our products. And then I also spend a great deal of time um, with a lot of our internal stakeholders at the company to kind of 
um, make sure that we're doing strategically what we need to do with the products, keep them current and keep them that, so that we're capturing more customers in different markets and stuff like that. And then trying to meld those two worlds together so that I can like basically have a, a product roadmap for our, their future that's going to really kind of do our best to satisfy both of those um, both those audiences, which is a little bit challenging sometimes because <laughs> there are some strong opinions on both sides. But no, uh, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> not just a little bit, but it's a good time. It's 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 an interesting place to be for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And here, and I thought you just sat poolside with Rocco until it was time to do the podcast. See there? Look at that. You learn something every day. You got to get dark and handsome somehow, right? That's it. You exactly. Tell him. Right. How's he going to get tall, though? He's still a midget. I don't get it. He's just, that guy is so tiny. It's all relative, man. <laughs> it is. It is. I ain't one to talk. I ain't all that. Um, all right. So, as I said, folks, you know, the, the big news is that Civil 3D 2024 has just dropped, right? And Tim, kind of as the arbiter of all things civil-related uh, over at Autodesk, is is going to give us kind of a bit of a breakdown on all the cool new features and awesome tools in this update that you know his team spent so much time putting together to make all of our design lives a little bit easier. Um, so, so let's jump into this, Tim. So let's start with kind of the overall concept uh, of Civil 3D 2024. Um, did, did you kind of approach this update with some kind of a, uh, a concept or a theme in line for your, for your team to target? We absolutely did, Jim. So, I mean, the kind of the overarching theme for this whole release is all about efficiency. A um, bunch of different ways that we've looked at efficiency over the years, um, especially in recent years. Maybe I'll, I'll kind of touch on this a little bit first is we, I think it was in 2020, we did this this fairly large customer satisfaction survey uh, went out to several thousand of our like customers and um, got a lot of good feedback at that during that um, with the results of that survey. And basically the two main things that came out of that survey were that um, the two main things that customers wanted us to focus on were performance, just making Civil 3D faster and just process data more quickly. And then the second part was all about end user efficiency and specifically around quarter modeling, which um, that we have, that's taken a whole bunch of different places um, over the last couple of years. Um, so once we got that survey results taken care of, we kind of took what we learned from that and we focused heavily on performance. I know we've talked about that over the last couple of uh, podcasts that I've been on. And we also concentrated on, again, just making the end user workflow is a bit more, just less picky and clicky. Just <laughs> wanted to make just the day-to-day the -day, like actions that you have to do every day to just make it more efficient so that you're not like digging through dialogue boxes any more than is absolutely necessary. And so we we did that on things like um, in the 2022 timeframe, we we updated our whole quarter targeting workflow, reduced the number of dialogue boxes that you had to dig through, made it that more intelligent. And then we also um, in the 2023 timeframe, we we incorporated the whole new quarter transitions functionality. And I mean, again, just making the quarter modeling process a lot more efficient. And so. We did a follow-up survey for that customer satisfaction survey in 2022. And while the findings were similar, people were still like, still want us to do more around performance and end user efficiency. Um, the results were a lot better. So, I mean, the 
the satisfaction that customers had with like the newer versions since that last survey were dramatically higher, um, especially in the realm of performance and like end user efficiency and that sort of thing. So it, it sounded like we were really on the right track with what we were doing. And so just generally, we're just continuing that theme with 2024. So, I mean, we did a bunch more work on primarily just workflow efficiency, just again, just making it so that we can just take tasks that are take more time than they should and reduce the number of picks and clicks and be a bit make the software a bit smarter about what you're trying to do. It's just to get out of the way of what you're trying to do with day to day. Yeah. So makes sense. No, it makes absolute sense. And I, I could not agree more. Um, that survey definitely worked for you, right? Because you know, efficiency is always kind of the, the number one motivator that I hear from our civil clients. Um, at least from, you know, I'm on the tech end. That's what I hear. Um, you know, so whenever it comes to upgrading their systems, that's what they always want to want to talk about, right? You know, it, it's it's a, just a crazy competitive world in this space nowadays, and every little bit of you know speed or efficiency gain for the end users, it, it makes a big difference between you know landing new jobs and and kind of getting left out in the cold, right? Um, and and you know beyond that, yeah, everybody just wants to get their their work done faster, right? So we can all head out you know head out at night at the end of the day and grab a beer instead of working until nine o'clock. Um, so, you know, Rocco, what, what about that kind of concept from the sales and admin end where you tend to live, right? Is, is efficiency as big a driver for, you know, the, the executive people as it is for the tech guys, all right? Or, or do you think that price is something else, you know, or, or, or something different is the key motivator for them? Uh, yeah, efficiency is huge. I mean, if it, it, it all comes down, we all know how busy the industry is and how short staffed, you know, so many firms are out there. And so to, to be more productive uh, on a daily basis is, is hugely important. And uh, so I, I think it, it, it affects everybody from the top to the bottom. And, and it's hugely important. The cost is, you know, cost is always a problem for all of us, right? Um, no matter what you do, but and, and a lot of folks complain about the high cost of Autodesk software, but at the end of the day, it's they, they realize that Civil 3D and the Autodesk products are are top notch, you know, and so they um, and and they're happy to see that there have been some some real solid productivity gains and and in, in efficiencies uh, efficiency improvements in the tools uh, over the past couple of years. So I, I hear that they're they're definitely happy. So good. It's it's a good thing. There you go. See, Tammy doing good stuff, right? So I sure, I sure hope so. I, mean, <laughs> and I guess to kind of jump onto that, um, thanks for saying that. That's awesome. I mean, one of the things that we heard recently from one of our um, one of our key customers was, I mean, we we did a bunch of work with them, having them to kind of test and make sure that we were working on some of the right stuff and make sure that like um, we added a bunch of um, more efficiencies to the way that like. Um, quarters are rebuilt a bit more smartly now. So that's really only rebuilding the quarters when it when the software actually needs it to. It's kind of eliminating a lot of unnecessary processing in the background. And um, this this one particular customer kind of approached us at this testing event that we were hosting. He's like, do you guys do something the way the quarters are rebuilding? And we're like, yeah. And we explained what was happening. He's like, that is just awesome. He's like, I, I forget exactly what he said, but it was basically along the lines of this is just huge because that's that gain there is he's like that's money because it's like that's that's a huge improvement that i don't have to train my end users about 
it's just an automatically like we we realize that gain automatically and that just that's billable hours that they're like just taken care of right there so it's it's good stuff yeah that's a great way to go, right? So hey, look, I guess we we can say that we all agree uh, that efficiency is king. Um, so let, let's get into the, the 2024, right? So so where are we really going to see these these big efficiency gains in, in the 2024 release of Civil 3D, right? How does this release make users more productive? So I, I guess the first the first area that we did was we, we doubled down on the whole quarter transitions workflow that we we roll out in the 2023 timeframe. And so, I mean, what we really did with this was we had the basis, the, the base level feature down as far as cargo transitions are concerned, but we wanted to do a bit of kind of fit and finish work on it and just kind of quality of life enhancements on that whole tool. So, so we, again, talked to a whole bunch of customers that have been using it and got their feedback about what they really wanted us to do to make the tool just, just, Kind of round off the edges of it and stuff like that and make it even more powerful so so what we ended up doing was the the first thing we did was um we gave you the ability in 24 to lock the length of a transition so if you take for example if you have a like a driveway or a, an ada ramp that you've created a transition for um in the previous version if you wanted to say slide that transition that whole ramp or sidewalk or, or driveway or whatever if you wanted to slide that like five feet down the road you had to basically like for each portion of the transition you had to add like five to the station value and so obviously you could do it but it just wasn't efficient so i mean first thing we did was just give you the ability to lock the length of that transition so that you could just lock it change that value in one spot and then it would just slide the whole thing to where you wanted it so um just simple thing that just i mean just makes it just a lot more effective um bunch of other things i mean just being able to uh let's see what was there there's rearranging the order of the transitions in the in the dialog box so that you can control like the order in which they're processed so that you can make sure that things are getting built in the right order that they should be and everything um let's see what else was there oh they just simple things like just again just quality of life enhancement and just usability like being able to pan and zoom to a transition from the dialog box into the drawing just so you can really focus in on what you're looking for without um manually kind of digging around and trying to find where you're going so so again just just polishing things up a bit and just making things a bit more efficient yeah, those modeless state dialogues are just, they're such lifesavers when you're trying to, you know, you got to be able to visually see what you're changing. I love those. So, For sure. uh, so, so, you know, like as, as always, right, there are always, there are new workflows and new areas that I know your group adds to every release. And I'm sure that there's no difference in this go around, right? And I'm, and I'm always looking for, you know, better tools or better processes in civil 3D that, you know, are just geared towards improving the workflows that we already know. Um, you know, and, and, and every year I'm kind of looking at what new areas just work better than it did, you know, in the, in the previous release, you know? Um, so, so what do you think, Tim? What are the new areas, I guess, where, where your team really focused on bringing out this uh, efficiency? And, and can, can you give us a few specific examples? Yeah, for sure. So I guess the, the biggest one that I think that we're, I think we're the most proud of is this whole concept of subassembly management. So let's say, for example, you are working in an organization on a project team and you have a bunch of custom sub-assemblies that you've created for this particular project. So 
I mean, it used to be a fairly painful process of um, distributing all those subassemblies out to your work team. And then if you made any updates to any of those subassemblies, if you had to revise like a parameter in those subassemblies and push them back out and they had already been in use across the project, it was it was a royal pain to get um, that that change pushed out to all the all the users and then all of the drawings that consumed that previous version of it. So, I mean, the old workflow you had to do to update a subassembly. I mean, people have probably can just feel the pain as I'm talking through it, but it's like <laughs> you had to go and like delete the old version from the tool palette, close Civil 3D, restart, restart it, it, and then open yeah. the tool palette, import the new subassembly, try to figure out where the old subassembly was used, replace the old one with the new one, rebuild the quarter, and then you got to do that for every quarter in the drawing. And then you have to save, the, repeat that whole process for every drawing in the project. And it, it was painful. Um, so what we did was basically this new workflow that we have is you store a subassembly on a shared location. And that could be a, a LAN, a WAN, it could be the Autodesk construction cloud, could be anything. And you're basically just pointing your local machine to that location and you're off and running. So. That way, if my CAD manager makes a change to a subassembly that I'm using, um, I get a notification in the prospector if I have the drawing open already, and then I just click to rebuild all my quarters all at once and consume that change. So there's no going back and forth with opening, closing, civil 3D, importing and deleting and all that kind of stuff. Um, that once, it, once I get that new subassembly pushed down to me automatically, then my tool palette stays up to date. So next time I use that subassembly, it's it's the latest one and I'm off and running. It's it's just a much cleaner workflow. It, it's it's we got a lot of really positive feedback on that, so we're we're pretty pumped about that one. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, it, it, at at that point, you really just have it working almost like an XREF, right? Where it's just automatically right. giving notification, updating, and, and and rebuilding the model, just like you would do with an XREF. It's so simple. Exactly. That's as simple as what we're going for. So I'm I'm glad you used that word. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. All right. So I tell you what, let's take a, uh, a quick break uh, to hear from today's sponsor. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about what other tools have been improved and what Tim's got on his roadmap for uh, and further enhancements in the upcoming year. All right. So stand by, everybody. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Jim and Rocco with Zentech Consultants. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit today about the training options that we have available here for you guys at Zentech Consultants. We offer public training classes as well as private custom courses for all of your software and design needs. So, Rocco, why don't you tell the folks what kind of uh, training we offer and how do they reach out to us to get it going for them? Yeah, Jim, we cover everything from, uh, from Bluebeam to Autodesk to Microsoft to BricsCAD. Uh, to civil site design training and beginner through to advanced level topics. Uh, like you said, both public and, uh, and private courses. Um, if you've got, if you got a group and want to run a class specifically for your team, we can help you. So just uh, feel free to hit our website. We're at zentechconsultants.net, that's Z-E-N-T-E-K, or you can give us a ring, 866-824-4459 or even drop us an email, sales at zentechconsultants.net. There you go, Zentech Consultants for all of your technology training needs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast. We're talking with 
Tim Yaris of Autodesk about the big drop of the Civil 3D 2024 version and what awesome new tools and features you guys have to look forward to. Um, and, and just an FYI, the, the tools actually dropped publicly before we sat down to record this podcast. Um, so you make sure that all of you guys log into your Autodesk subscription portal and download them to get starting, you know, start getting comfortable with those new toys. Even if you're not quite set to roll them out yet, start working with them. Um, it'll definitely be worth your time. Um, all right. So, so Tim, let, let me, let me ask you this, right? So I, I have made no secret on, on previous episodes here that I really like your project Explorer tool for civil 3d. Um, is there anything new kind of on that front in, in this 2024 release? Absolutely. Yeah. We love project Explorer. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites too. It's a, it's a great tool. So, I mean, I guess, first of all, just kind of a quick reminder to folks that, I mean, back in October of last year, we made the announcement that it's project Explorer is available all to all civil 3d subscribers now. So it's, it's not just locked to. Uh, customers who are on the AEC collection. So no excuse not to use Project Explorer. So it's just great. Um, first big thing with Project Explorer for 2024 is, I mean, not only is it you can, anybody can use it for Civil 3D 2024, but we actually just built it into the Civil 3D installer. So, I mean, in previous versions, it was like a, you installed Civil 3D and then you had to go and find Project Explorer and then install it on top of, but right now, um, Project Explorer just automatically gets just dropped on your machine with Civil 3D. So it's it's really part of the core Civil 3D experience now. So really great in that regard. And then it, um, it's to, again, to make it more of a core part of the Civil 3D experience, we, we made it more discoverable and more usable throughout the product. So um, one, one of my favorite things with Project Explorer was always the fact that like you could like kind of pick an object in Project Explorer window and there's that that secret little control button trick that kind of lets you know where yeah. in the Civil 3D drawing that that, that object is. So the first thing customers would tell us about that when they found that, they're like, oh, that's really cool. Well, can it go the other way? If, I'm, if I pick something in the drawing, can I find it in Project Explorer? And so now that we have it all wrapped together into one bundle, uh, we did that. So if you, like, for example, if you pick a, a, a pipe network structure, for example, in your drawing space or in prospect or wherever you want to pick it from, um, you just right click it and then there's an open in Project Explorer selection just on the menu. And then you can, if you don't have Project Explorer open already, um, when you pick it, it'll just open up Project Explorer and it'll go right to the tab that's appropriate and it'll highlight that object that you had selected right in Project Explorer. So you can just start monkeying around with the properties of it right then and there. So. Um, Really good tool. I mean, that's, that's just really brilliant. That, that interface, being able to just to work that way, because, you know, a lot of times you're in, you're working in the drawing, you're working in the, you know, the actual design file and, and you want to go to the project explorer and get it. And, oh, I love that. I love that. That, that excites yeah. me a lot. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I just, I want you to be excited, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my day is complete. Thanks everybody. I'm going home now. Mike dropping them out. Uh, no, that um, really is nice. But, yeah. So, I mean, th then there's like another, the other thing that's really cool about Project Explorer um, for 2024. We, um, in the previous, in the 2023 timeframe, we added like basic support for property sets in Project Explorer. So you could like, um, if you had custom property set data on objects, you could kind of basically add that data on into any custom tables and reports that you had that you could build in Project Explorer. 
2024, we added this whole new property sets tab on the interface that'll give you basically one place to manage all your custom property data across the drawing. So, I mean, like that same that same structure example, like if, if I had like a property set associated with a collection of pipe network structures, for example, I could pick the structures that I want, like find there's a lot of really good finding like like search and filter tools and stuff like that in there as well. But I could like find all the structures that I want to change that one property to change it in one spot and then it just cascades to all of them at the same time. So it's it's just a, again, just all about efficiency and making things easier to do. So, so yeah, that's amazing. good stuff in Project Explorer. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Um, all right. So, you know, I also went in and I, I you know, getting prepped for this, right? I, I took a little peek at, I haven't had a chance to install 2024 yet on my system, though. I will say, you know, Cindy here at, at Zentech, she'd been on a bunch of times and you know her, Tim. She had, the, the moment it hit, she installed it and she's already loving it and, you know, playing with the Project Explorer stuff. Uh, but I went in and I took okay. a peek at the uh, the Autodesk website and I saw, you know, a number of the, the, the what's new videos uh, for the 2024 release. And I'm really excited to see that, you know, Tim's team is, is kind of continuing their updates to an important but often underloved system, right? And he talked a little bit about it in the first half, which is that the sub-assembly processes. Um, so, you know, like I said, Tim, I, I know that you guys started updating this in, I think, last year's release. Uh, and we've talked about it, you know, being an, an underloved process on this show before. Uh, so, so, what surprises, I guess, do you have in store for folks with, with this subassembly process that they may not expect? Well, maybe not necessarily with the subassembly process. So subassembly composer was I, I, totally unloved for several years. Um, and so we did a bunch of work on that in the 2023 timeframe. And so, I mean, that was kind of laying the groundwork for that whole um, subassembly management workflow that we talked about a second ago. So, I mean, that that's that's a big deal but then i think another area that another kind of tool that's been i guess on the unloved list for a couple of years now that we've kind of gone back and given some love to is the the connector for arcgis for civil 3d so i mean once when we announced years ago our partnership with esri we built the connector for arcgis to let you connect into arcgis online and keep all that data like in sync with um, your civil 3D drawings. And so um, we went back this year and made a whole bunch of changes to that connector to just basically just make it more powerful, do a lot more with it. And so uh, first thing that we did with it was we gave you the ability to basically import objects from ArcGIS as AutoCAD objects. So, I mean, just standard AutoCAD points, polylines and polygons and things nice. like that. Yeah, so that was that was a popular request as well as like one of the other like really popular requests that customers have had for a while is arcs. I mean, <laughs> if yeah, right, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's huge. It, I'm telling you, when you're yeah. dealing with the JS import data, the, that that loss of, of of structure has been a huge headache for folks. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, again, getting rid of headaches. So we, I mean, we we got rid of that headache. So I mean, if you import an arc object into Civil 3D, it comes in as an arc. So that's awesome. Who'd have thunk? Ah. So. <laughs> and I then, like I mean, yeah. And then on the side of just um, bringing data in. So, I mean, we added a lot of control over just being able to configure how objects are imported from ArcGIS. And so for this, we did it for, I mean, 
we wanted to make sure that when we redid this process, it worked for all the supported geometry that um, the connector supported. So the AutoCAD objects that we were just talking about, all the civil 3D objects like Kogo points and alignments and everything. Um, so what you can do with this new configuration process is it, it gives you a lot of control over how all these objects are stylized, what types of labels are created on import and so on and so on. And so um, you can do things like querying a sub subset of the objects for each of the object types. And then just again, just being able to, again, just for efficiency, saving the configuration um, for reuse later on so that you can pretty much just set something up once to for how you want things to be represented when they're imported in from um, ArcGIS into Civil 3D. And then you can just save that configuration later and then kind of reapply it um, just over and over again across the project. So it's just, again, just efficiency, reuse, and just more control over what you need to do is definitely a big part of the themes here for, for 24. Nice. So it's almost just like a style sheet that you can just reuse from job to job. Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly the, the, the idea. That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. All right. So Rocco, let's wake you up here, right? So so kind of, you know, because of the updates that that Tim's guys made last year in this this subassembly space, right? We actually went out and we added some additional training classes on our end for, you know, the subassembly composer and, and its related tools to our, our training catalog. Um, how has that been kind of received by our civil clients so far? Uh, okay, well, that was the answer. So moving on. <laughs> Thanks, Rocco. Wow. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, I mean, we, we see some interest. I can't say that it's like a, uh, our, our biggest area of interest, you know, but um, it's it's all about the truth here, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. No, no point in fudging the truth. Yeah, it's just not not a huge area for for our you know our customer base, but we can certainly train on it if anybody is listening and wants wants help in that area. We're certainly open to working with you. Yeah. It's just not our hardest uh, hardest area of interest. Yeah, and to be fair, that's kind of a leading list. question. I I throw it out there because I know it hasn't been like knocking it over and stunning it, but it is something that I I kind of want to bring up here on the show because I think that it's important for our listeners to understand, even if you're not the guy who does this on, on a daily basis, I think because like Tim said, right, it's been so unloved for so long that people kind of veered away from the sub-assembly structures and what it can do. And I think it's something that has a ton of potential and a ton of power behind it to really make your, your workflows go a lot easier. So I kind of want to, you know, hey, we want you to sign up for our classes, number one. But number two, I think it's important that all of this, the Civil 3D folks out there, it's time to go back and revisit what Tim and his team have done in this sub-assembly area. So. Yeah, and I mean, to your, to your end, I mean, it's anybody that's listening, now's the time to start working with uh, custom sub-assemblies because they're, as of 2024, there's a heck of a lot uh, easier process for pushing them out to your project team. So it's 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 a lot easier to do now than it was in previous versions. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. So, all right. So, you know, it's it's always great when I can get an expert like Tim in here to kind of tell us about, you know, the current tools in the release and, you know, how does Autodesk expect everybody to use those? Uh, but, you know, you guys listen, you all know me, right? I'm always about, you know, what's next? Um, and I think it's important for us to always be looking down the road to see, you know, what's coming, right? So we can start planning out how, you know, the potential new workflows that Tim's developing, right, might be adopted 
in our own organizations. Um, and, and I think having Tim here makes it easy for us to do that, right? Since he's kind of the guy driving that civil 3D bus. Um, so, so Tim, with that in mind, right, what's next on your list, right? Either, you know, for the next update for 2024 or even further down the road for 2025, uh, you know, for those of us kind of in the civil insight world. Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about both, actually, so nearer and farther. Um, and first thing I want to do is, I mean, I know that every other time I've been on here, I drone on about our our public roadmap that we have out there for our infrastructure product line. And so we have a newer version of that that's available on the, if you go to infrastructure reimagined, uh, that's our blog where we have just all sorts of different materials about our products where you can learn more and just kind of really dig deep into what our products can do. Um, but there's a newer version of our public roadmap up there that um, the new version of it basically gives you the ability to rank things as far as like how important they are to your workflows. Like if, if it's just a meh or if it's nice to have or if it's absolutely critical. And you can also do things like add comments to any of the different things that are up there. So if something is super important to you and you have a like a critical business case that you want to add to like add a comment or why are you doing this or whatever, then that's that's a is a great new tool to do that. So if, if you want kind of some some more details about things that are under consideration, highly recommend you check that out. And again, vote for the things that are important to you up there because I mean we we absolutely look at that to kind of guide what it is that we're actually going to focus resources on. Um, and on the more like kind of what we're actually going to definitely working on is I at the beginning of the podcast I talked about performance and how important that is to our customers. We're absolutely doubling down on just overall civil 3D performance, just making a process data more quickly. Um, making it just do just just make it faster i mean just you can imagine all the different areas that we that you can see civil 3d slowing down in, and we're doing some really deep research on kind of how we speed it up a bit more um so that's a huge area and then the other huge area that we're starting to really ramp up on is a couple of years ago autodesk acquired innovise and so we're it's been a while now that we've been kind of working with the onboarding that whole team and their whole product line. And we're to a point now where we're really doing some some deep work on better integrating some of their products into the civil the core civil 3D workflows. And so you'll see a lot of activity in that space in the near future. So we're gonna be spending, we're deep in the weeds on research on how to really do our best job to make sure that just those products and our pro and the civil 3d product is just really tightly integrated and we want to give people a really solid workflow around it so that they can just love what they're doing so so that's some of the big stuff nice and i'm, I'm excited at the innovative stuff i mean i like i said I've, I've seen it i see where you guys are going with it i know what it does and it's it's very exciting and i said i've been waiting for that kind of full integration where it's really part of everything that we do in the civil 3d environment so that's that's Something I'm really looking forward to. I can't wait to see that. Same. Yeah, same here. We're super excited about getting moving on that. That'd be cool. All right. So I tell you what, let's wrap it up there, folks, on the Civil 3D 2024 release. And we'll let Tim get out of here and back to working on, you know, even more of the cool stuff, right? So that next time he stops by the podcast, he's got more stuff to talk to us about. So, Tim, I just want to thank you again for being here. It is always a pleasure to have you on, sir. 
Thank you very much, both of you, Jim and Rocco, for having me on. It's always it's always a fun time talking to you guys. You don't have to thank Thanks, Rocco. Tom. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just Tim. tell him now. Tell him now, Tim. I'm tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, just tell him. Be nice Go ahead. Here. Listen, Gosh. I'm, I'm going to give you the answer. You want the answer to what Rocco is? He's meh. You know, he threw it out, so there you go, folks. All right, we'll let poor Tim get out of here. I did not mean Rocco was the man. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we'll I'm going to take it mouth. and run with it. <laughs> All right, guys, we will catch you next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody, today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms, to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net, or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.